Welcome back to another Giraffes at Black Tongues Baby Giraffes episode. I'm Dave. I'm Donnie. And we're going to talk about some comic books today. How's it going today, Donnie? Going well. How about with you? Can't complain. I think we read a lot of uh, saga here. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Quite the stack of saga. For sure. You want to just start getting into that? Yeah, I don't think we have anything else, really. Yeah, we just had another... Uh, regular episodes, so I, I don't have anything else new to talk about, except Saga. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I covered everything the other day, or whenever we recorded last. We'll be all met up together that one time. Yeah, that was pretty pretty good stuff that last time. It was. Good times that last time was. Oh, yeah. So I, got all, I got all my small talk out of the way then. Right, right. Feeling nostalgic about I'm it. Ready to get down to business today. All right. I'm thinking that we should just go, we can try to do volume by volume. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the best idea, maybe. All right. Sounds good. So, yeah, again, we read volume four through volume eight of Saga. Do you want to give a recap of what is Saga? Yeah, I was going to say during that, I was going to come up with a nice transition. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. What was the line we had? Shit. <laughs> What's... I'm ready. Transition. Okay, never mind. I'm ready to get down. Yeah. God damn it. You said something. I, I was ready. Uh, I'm ready to get down to business. The business of a intergalactic Romeo and Juliet love story. I don't. It was something probably a lot cleverer than that. But fuck it. You can edit this into something like it was brilliant as shit. Nah. No more editing. Fuck those other podcasts with no editors. Yeah. Fuck them. But uh, yeah, so basically, Saga is kind of a uh, outer space Romeo and Juliet type of situation where uh, there's two, one planet and the moon of that planet are uh, feuding with one another, and a prison from planet one and prison from moon B, they meet together in a prison camp and they fall in love over this author's writing and it kind of like opens their eyes to see like, oh, People can love whoever they want to love. So it's kind of the story of their family that they've created together while being on the run from all of their own peoples who want to uh, kind of kill them for betraying their, I don't want to say countries, but like planet, even though it's one planet, one moon. I think it would be race, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I definitely a race thing in this book. They even have mean words for one another. Yeah. Moonies. <laughs> moonies. Yeah. Goddamn moonies. So yeah, the people though, the two races are like the people with wings versus the people with horns. And the people with wings, they have a, well, I guess like a powerful military and like guns and that kind of stuff, like technology. And the people from the moon, the horn people, have all the magic powers that are very, very convenient yeah, throughout the yeah. story. So then, you know, we talked about the first three volumes in previous episodes. You know, if you want to check those ones out, you can go back and hear us uh, talk about those first three, but we're just going to get through the rest of it uh, today, and then, you know, we'll be done with it for probably quite some time, I think, right? Or at least like a month or two until we can get our hands on the uh, just recently released next volume. Okay. Uh, I read or that forever. already. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, you, didn't, you didn't mention it when you said what we were talking about today, so I didn't know if you were going to... Bring it up at all today. I was going to see how we're feeling toward the end here. Maybe I'll talk about volume nine a little bit at the end, but 
uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. It's, uh, I think you'll, there's some, uh, a lot of stuff happens in that one. So I think you should just read it maybe, but we'll see, we'll see how we're feeling by the time we get there. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've got a lot to get through today anyway. So yeah, we do. It. So I started reading volume four at work and the very first page was a picture of a TV head child being born, like coming out of the <laughs> vagina. <laughs> And so I immediately had to like hunch my back over the book and or my the, the iPad and make sure no one can see me and think that I'm a huge pervert for reading this. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's that was my experience. Nice. Also, so the TV head people, we learn that their TV heads have different models of televisions. So there's a janitor and he has like a old school TV head with like the dials that you would see in the 70s. And we eventually see King Robot, who has a giant big screen TV head. So these yeah. robots have different models of heads. They also later bring out that it's a, a class thing where only the royal family robots have color TV heads. All the others are black and white. Yeah. Are they HD as well, do you think? I would, I would assume. I mean, how could you be royalty if you're not HD? Yeah, like, the, are they running 4K, or are they still on the 1080p? I mean, I would assume they're most, the most advanced television technology in the universe. I wonder what kind of inputs they have. If they're doing the composite, what, what are those called? The yellow, white, and red ones? Composite cables, I think? Yeah, they have composites or HDMI, yeah. whatever it is, doesn't matter. I wonder where they insert them, too. Yeah, because you don't really see the plugs on their head, but I imagine they must be there. Uh, as long as we're talking about these robots right now, I have a theory about these robots. I think I figured it out. So I think that some other race of people created sex robots that eventually became too smart and developed their own uh, sense of self and then ran away to start another planet and that's where they came from. So that's why they have dicks and vaginas and all the other parts. And the TV heads could be used so you could see whatever you want while you're fucking your sex robot. I think you've spent way too much time reading way too much into this. It's just an <laughs> alien race of uh, made-up fictional creatures for a storybook. But I, 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 want a, I want another story, though. I mean, how, how, how do you explain, then, like, Gus's race, the, like, seal burger people? Which I, I guess he's the only one of them. I've never seen anyone else of Gus's race in the story before, but... Yeah. What, what is Gus? He's a Where does that come from? Yeah, like, uh, either the Will or Prince Robot at one point in time does refer to him as a seal pup. Okay, gotcha. I, I never... I was never sure exactly what kind of thing he was supposed to be. But they called him that. Yeah, he's just like a cute, fuzzy creature. Yeah, he's like the most adorable little thing. Yeah. I would just call him an alien. And you'll call him an alien, but yes. not the uh, droid people. Yes. That one's too hard for you to, to accept. Well, the drone people are different because it's, it's man-made, and we're using models of different types of TVs that are from Earth. So I think that's a little too they've, coincidental. They've never established that they're man-made at all. No, they haven't. But I think that they must be because of the different models of TV. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking in too, I think too much about it, but... I wonder if you can play video games on their face. If I had my PS4. I assume you can. I would hope. I mean, I love whenever Robot 4 is jacking off on the Mm -hmm. plane. 
and like the kids will see what he's using to stimulate himself when they were uh, watching him the one time. Well, that's that's jumping way ahead, like the very last issue. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can also they're a strange thing because they just show their thoughts on their face. Yeah, and shit, and because oh goddamn it, so jumping ahead again when he and Petri are uh, uh, having sex. Or, no, 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 oh shit, I think this was the uh, one issue I read of the new volume. When he and Petri are talking about uh, possibly like starting a life together, yeah, it, it pops up, I love you on there, and he's like, it, it's an emotional response, it's not something that they can control, what, what's on their, playing on their screen face. Oh man, that'd be a terrible way to live, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, I love your sick just thoughts. just constantly say like, getting an erection on my, on my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super inopportune times. Like at a funeral, shit. <laughs> at a funeral, yeah, I think uh, this would not be a good way for me either. Okay, anyway, getting off the robot people here, not not getting them off, but you know, changing the topic. The janitor ends up kidnapping Prince Robots Four's son, which is a baby. Drago, Drago, Drago. Was it Drago? I thought it was a uh, Dango. Dango, yeah, I misread what I said. Okay. <laughs> Dengo is his name. Um, so he kidnaps this robot child and runs away with it, kills the uh, mother, so Prince Robot for his wife, just shoots her in the head, and then they, you know, he runs off and kidnaps this baby because he's pissed that his child died from a really bad diarrhea. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, some of these things, man. Which, which the royal family could have prevented, I guess, but uh, I forget, I forget how, but yeah. <laughs> I loved how brutal it looked when he uh, shot her. Oh, yeah. That guy was uh, ruthless. But he won't kill any children or anything like that. So he later runs into, you know, the... Uh, what, what do you call their family unit? Marco and Alana? Is I want to say... Oh, yeah, I want to say, like, the... The Jones is? The Jeffersons. What do I call them? The Traitors. <laughs> the Traitors. Okay, gotcha. So they run into them, and he's, uh, you know, he won't kill Hazel, because, you know, she's still a child at this point. I guess that's his weakness, is that he won't kill children. Yeah, I mean, he lost his kid, so he's still coping with that. It's kind yeah. of hard to gold when it comes to kids. Right, right. So I think that's, what What else happens in this one? I can't remember what happens with uh, the other people. Alright, so this is when Alana is working for the circuit, which is like this weird soap opera, wrestling, TV, like, drama thing. Um, she's going under the stage name of Zipless. They all, it's like, they all wear like what looks like a wrestler's costume, but they're like, it's a romance drama story. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a really weird little TV show, but, uh, working there, that's where they meet Yuma, who was his second ex-wife, and she turns out to be a fadeaway supplier. Fadeaway is sort of like LSD. It's some drug that they all take and they just trip balls off of it. Like every single actor working on this show is super addicted to it. So yeah. slowly but surely, Elena starts to uh, get more and more hooked on it. Yeah, would you try that drug, Fade Away? Immediately. Yeah, I would too. It looks fun. It was just like, hey, here's some. Yeah, thanks. Uh, have you ever played the Resident Evil game, the remake of the first one? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I think I bought, I bought a collection of like, it was like one through 
three or four, and they were all like the shitty old versions, which I wasn't thinking oh. they were going to be. Okay. So I think I've got it, maybe? Is well, it the no, one that's around the woods? It's the one where you started out in the woods, but the character I'm going to reference is only in the remake. So Yuma looks like Lisa Trevor from that Resident Evil remake game. And uh, except like a plant version of Lisa Trevor instead of a zombie version. So that's what I thought of when I was watching that. I thought Yuma was very, very creepy in this movie, in this uh, comic. Yeah, she's she's sort of like a, a fungus. Maybe? Yeah, I guess so. It's... She has like grass growing on her. Yeah. She wears like a grass blanket over her head or something. I guess that's part of her body, though. She's like hunchback, kind of. You're so fixated on the robots. How do you explain Yuma? Uh, she's a plant person. I can get that one. I feel like, you know, you can grow a plant person. That's fine. But the robot people with the different models of TVs and some are in black and white, some are in color. It's too much, I think. I want, I want to know more. Oh. I think there's a difference. Yes. So then, also what's going on here, another side story, Prince Robot is presumed dead. But it turns out he's just been living on Sextillion this whole time. Oh, yeah. Mama Sun's brothel for like the past like month or two straight. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. It's a good place to hide away. Um, they eventually kick him out, right? No. Um, one of the little helpers gets a, oh, sees a yeah. newsflash about the princess and he tells her. And Robot snaps out of his little like malfunction PTSD type scenario. And he just murders everyone in the brothel working for Mama's son. He kills Mama's son. And then he just tries to go home. That's right. And yeah, I think uh, this one, this issue was a lot of setup. I can't really remember how this one ended. Do you? Let me double check my notes here. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is when um, it's Alana's addicted to the fatal. Oh, yeah. And this is when Gwen and Sophie are getting an Alexa recipe from... Uh, oh, wait. Oh, that's the other story. Okay, so this is when uh, she's getting addicted to the fadeaway, and, and as this is going on, Dango shows up, and he kidnaps Hazel, Alana, Clara, and Frendo. Mm-hmm. They were all on the ship. Marco had been kicked out because of Ginny, I think is her name, Ginny? Yeah, he threw, he threw a bag of vegetables at Lana, <laughs> or Alana as well. That's right. Because so, you know, it's like, oh, are you getting high around the, around the daughter? I think she didn't really answer clearly or said like, so what? And he threw vegetables at her, which I thought was kind of funny, but they took it as a domestic violence thing, I guess. Yeah. like, he, <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't meant to be as funny as I thought it was. Yeah. It I was like, it was he just came from the grocery store and he's got a bag of uh, goods and uh-huh. he just chucks it. I thought it was funny. against her shoulder or yeah. something. And she's like, yeah. Oh my God. She just has fruit stains on her shirt. It was it was good. It was it had all the comedic <laughs> elements there, but she took it very seriously. So they get split up because Dango kidnaps them and then uh, takes them to another planet, which I think brings us into the next volume, right? Well, well, there was one more part here about mm-hmm. the uh, not the main story, but my favorite story with uh, Gwen and Sophie, and they're still trying to find this elixir, the heal, um, the will. Oh, yeah. So, um, there's like this little like rat looking troll people that they find. And my favorite, one of my favorite parts about Lion Cat is, uh, like the lion, the one troll is threatening to rip out, uh, Gwendolyn's hunting cunt. He, so, he calls her, he calls her a hunting cunt. 
using it as a verb, which Pretty is the good. greatest line of any book ever. And then he doesn't realize that Lion Cat is right behind him. Lion Cat just says to him, lying. And then the next page you see, Lion Cat just mauls this guy. They're leaving the cave as Lion Cat is carrying this guy's severed head in her mouth, using oh, yeah. it as a chew toy. And uh, Sophie's trying to talk Gwendolyn into letting her keep it because it's good for her teeth. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I also had another quote from the trolls now that you mention it. One of the trolls says to Gwen, going to eat your filthy cervix. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I I think that was that's that's a you know he's got to choose his words more carefully. That was a, that could mean a lot of different things. Well, two different things. Um, yeah, those trolls and, are pretty um, funny. And so their little story ends with the uh, brand tracking them down and asking Gwen where she got the wills, uh, like tape from. They explain to her the situation, and, and oh yeah, they've eight. So there's a big time jump here. Sophie is now eight mm. years old, and she's kind of like serving as a sidekick character for Gwendolyn now. But yeah, the the, the brand decides that she's going to help him save Will's life because that's her brother. Right. So then I guess that brings us into the next issue. Then right. Yeah. All that's right. My last note. So then in volume five, because of that, she wants to save the Will. They have to collect dragon cum. Yeah. So they uh, go to this dragon planet. Who else is from that planet? There was someone who's from there, and I can't remember who it was now. No, I don't, I don't think the stalk is from there, but her brother shows up and kind of explains oh, to him okay. the layout of the land, because he had been there before, maybe? I don't right. Think I don't know that they're from there. Okay, so yeah, it's the stalk that has some sort of connection to this planet. But they eventually do find this dragon on top of a mountain, and the dragon is sucking his own dick, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's a planet full of dragons, and so they find a, a group of them at first, and they use the uh, uh, translator spell or translator jewelry that Gwendolyn has. Actually, talk to it, and they're like, "Hey, we need some of your cum to save our friend's life." They're like, "Oh, you need you need bull cum. You need dude cum." There's only well, one yeah. male dragon left on the planet. You guys have to go track him down and find him. <laughs> so basically, he just lives in a cave, sucking his own dick all the time. Which, you know, if you could suck your own dick, you know, you'd probably also live in a cave, too. Yeah, thousand percent. Yep. So, yeah, I think they just wait for the dragon to finish himself off and then go in. Yeah, yeah they, they try to cover <laughs> Sophie's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this part is ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, the, the brain is like, well, if he's like any other male I've ever known, he'll get tired very shortly after he finishes and fall <laughs> yeah. asleep. And then, like, the very next page, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, she, she really knew what was up. So, so Sophie tries to collect the cum, <laughs> which is disgusting. It's, all right, so it's disgusting and wrong, because she's an eight-year-old child. Yeah, but that's why, that's why it's gross. She was a sex slave for so long, so maybe she's used to it? Yeah. Like, collecting and cleaning <laughs> up cum stains? Oh, man, gross. That's, that's, that's very gross. gross. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's too noisy or something, so the brand has to jump in and save her, and the brand gets uh, bitten half by the dragon and dies, which, uh, which yeah, sucks. That's yeah, that's in the brand. That's it for her. What, Gwen strikes the dragon with lightning, and then they get the cum and leave, but, you know, unfortunately, there you go. Yeah. All right, so I think that's all for their story right now, right? 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I think it's the next issue where they actually. Yeah, yeah, it's the next issue, I think. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, and actually, I think at the end, maybe it was the end of this one where they actually give the dragon come to the will, and then he's better, and then he's pissed off at them for saving oh, his life. Yeah. That's what it was. No, no, he's pissed off that his sister died. And so oh, he yells okay. at them to all leave him alone, and they, they go their separate way. Yeah. And that's, that's where the picture of the sad lion cat is, which is like the saddest photo ever. Yeah, poor lion cat. Okay, and then. then Going back to Dengo and uh, Ilana's, or all their story or whatever, they uh, are on another planet, and Dengo makes a deal with uh, some people called the Revolution. It's a it's a planet with twenty four hour a day sunlight. So Isabel, even though she's technically with them since she's bound to Hazel, she can't mm. show up and come out and help them at all the entire time. Yeah, which that kind of sucks. But yeah, they they talk to these terrorists, and they're going to make an exchange with uh, the main horn lady whose name i can't remember but they're going to moon people reef reef that's the moon moon people they're from the planet reef yeah right yeah the reef high council or whatever it is yeah whatever she she just has a big command high command i made that note high command (laughs) nice the high command lady just has a big unicorn horn coming out of her head and what they're they're going to trade hazel to her yeah, they, they know who Hazel is. They know that she's like the most wanted child in the universe. So they're uh, going to try to barter, trade her for the release of a thousand other captured rebellion prisoners. Mm-hmm. You know, which, which goes pretty well for them until the high command notices Dengo in the background. And she's like racist against the machine people. So she's like, oh, I'm not making a deal with the fucking TV heads. They're just a bunch of sex robots. That's we made a long time ago. Because the robots work with the uh, other race, the wings. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So yeah, they're aligned with the other thing, so they they won't make the deal. I I like, so the Rebellion characters, I did write a little bit about each one of them. Mm -hmm. My favorite was Quain, who was their leader, and that's probably absolutely not how you say this fucking name, but Quain is how I I kept reading it as. He's like this weird little snake man with a hip hypnotism powers he was kind of cool i liked him he was cool he's just telling people go to sleep and then they would go to sleep (laughs) so yeah that was a nice power uh the other ones i kind of forgot about the other ones though was there any other notable Uh, ones there was well uh lexus was the fan of the circuit who was like wearing the costume from the show Mm -hmm. she's i mean she's like the only one that survives so I guess she's the only one who's worth really making a note about. Okay, um, I gotcha. I mean, Julep was that cool-looking blue warrior lady, and uh, Ziz was a, a native of Cleve, where we, oh, we right. originally started the series from, was on planet Cleve. I guess that's noteworthy, maybe? I okay. Did, they also had a big uh, robot guy, too, right? Someone in a Surge, big... Yes. Surge? Maybe it was like a walking cabinet-looking piece of armor with two small creatures that lived in it and operated it. Yeah, I I like that one. That one is cool. Uh, Yeah, he's not really in it that much, though, because they just put him on a lookout outside the uh, ship the entire time. Right. Okay, so then, uh, you know, moving along with this one here, they somehow get separated from Hazel. Like, uh, Clara and Hazel were together, so they somehow get separated because there was a misunderstanding or they got lost in the ship they were in. So 
you know, they end up going to another planet while Alana and Marco are left behind. No, it's because after they killed all the uh, rebellion people, so there's two other robot people that were looking for Dango. I think is who they're looking for. They're looking for the Prince robot. Mm -hmm. And um, they end up firing on the ship because they realize it's the rebellion. And basically every single member of that ship, that crew dies except for Lizzie and Clara. And the two of them say that they were uh, sex trafficked prisoners of war. They just get, instead of getting killed, they just get thrown into a, uh, like, holding cell or whatever. Okay. And that's how Alana gets separated from them because Dango was letting them all go once he realized what, what the deal was. That they had to kill him. They tried to kill him. That's what it was. The Reef High Command required them to kill Dango before they would deal for Hazel. So what happened to Dango? I forgot. Is he? Did he get killed eventually? or? I think it might be the next issue, but yeah, Prince Robot kills him. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember. I feel like I wrote that somewhere, and I don't know where it is now. Oh, uh, Yuma also dies in fire trying to get this uh, ship going again. So that was yeah, kind of a yeah, cool she scene. Yeah, sacrificed herself. Yeah. I, I, that, that was a good one, a good high as fuck. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. So I, I've been super into this shit, so I've been looking for like all the uh, merchandise and stuff online. Uh-huh. And if you go to skybound.com, which is like the official toy line of uh, Image Comics, mm-hmm. They have a couple shirts. One is just a giant picture of Gus's face. The other one is the Lion Cat shirt that I have, except mine wasn't from there. His mom was like some shitty pirated version. Nice. And then the third one is uh, Yuma, and it just says high as fuck. And it's that giant page-filled picture mm-hmm. of her right before she dies in there. Yeah, that was a that was a good full-page picture there, I thought. That was a, one of the more memorable ones. Yeah, so they found some fadeaway on a dead shopkeeper no no it was on some guy who was trying to rob a shop as they were filling up and it turned out to be tainted and so yuma gave someone to marco so he could try and see what being high was like oh yeah and uh prince robot is like arguing with Gus the entire time about whether or not it's worth saving him or he should just let him die so i guess mm-hmm. the robot blood cures them right which is strange i think why why would that be unless I don't know. unless the robot was man-made Hmm? How how on earth do you figure that? How does that you make that leap? Uh, fake, you, so you put the blood ram people. <laughs> yeah, you put the blood, you put the medicine in the blood, and then you can use it if you need to later in your product. Sure. Yeah, I, I just I just want to keep mentioning the robot people. I think I'll explain my joke. Anyway, is that it for this one? Are we are we ready for the next volume? Yeah, that was that was the end of my note. Yeah, me too. Oh, I guess I guess their little group. I, I guess we should maybe mention that. So at the end of the last one, it's revealed that Gus has a connection to any of his walruses because he's a walrus herder, and Fredo was like the most special one. He's got the strongest bond to that, so he can kind of track where Fredo is. And so Prince Robot, Marco. Gus and Yuma, the four of them, all go off after trying to track down Elena and Dango. So once they get on to that, I guess we'll move into volume six here. Uh, there's another time jump. So Hazel's uh, five or six or something now? Yeah, she's like a, a kindergarten-aged child at this point now. Yeah. 
and she's uh going to school in this prison. Yeah, her her Clara Isabel are all in jail. Right. So this is a minimal minimal security jail I felt. They seem to be walking around freely, going to class and shit. Uh I think the kids are just wearing whatever I, I, I they mean, want. I mean, I don't I it's not exactly a, a jail per se. I think it's more of just like a, a detention center for any of the the wreath people that they find on the planet. Must be that. And uh, in this jail, though, I don't know how they didn't discover Hazel's wings. You know, I feel like they would have found those. You would you would think there was yeah. some kind of like uh, a search procedure for everyone as they enter, but yeah, like delousing shit like that. They didn't do any of that. Well. Uh, that's more of a jail protocol, so this, this must just be like a holding cell. I feel like there's got to be some kind of standards, though, right? I mean, I would think they would do something. Apparently not. I guess not. So she's somehow I mean, able I, to get away know, with it. I don't know how the ICE program works. So you're you're a foreigner in your country now. Have you ever been like detained by their immigration <laughs> services? What's that procedure like? I assume it's more closely like to this than that than jailing is. I've never been detained by anything, though. So, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll need to fix that so you have some expertise to share. Yeah, I think the, the closest thing I came to that is my passport. My old passport was uh, getting kind of ratty, so it wasn't reading correctly. So I had to go into some back room at the airport and uh, talk to them about <laughs> my passport because it, it was like, you know, it was time for a new one. So, you know, I have a new one now, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. But they're like, oh, you have to okay, like, prove so, who so- you are or something. That's basically the same thing. Like they they search they search your asshole. I assume no, they didn't and search any assholes. Wings. <laughs> Got deloused. Yeah, you have to do all that shit. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. No, they just talked to me for five know, minutes for some reason. I, I know when I went to Canada the one time, they did the mm-hmm. same thing to me. Oh yeah. Yep. So so what do they do to you? Do they delouse you and check your asshole or what? Yeah, to make sure I wasn't smuggling like zero. And drugs. Was it on the way in or on the way out? Both. Both times? Yeah. What did you did you ask him for it the second time? You just liked asked it so both much? Times. Okay, gotcha. And then I, I paid I paid a couple people that I met there to do it as well. Nice. Before I tuck myself into bed each night. <laughs> it, it just became like a comforting thing, so what I had to do to survive nights in Canada. It was it was a rough time. Very tough. Yes. All right. So, uh, also in that jail, they we end up meeting uh, Petri, who is a. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were gonna go for it. Put put. God damn it, Patricia. Right. Sure, sure. I, I keep reading it and saying it as patriarchal because I'm so <laughs> lazy. I don't even give a shit about getting it right. It's just such a hard name to read. It is. It's a yeah. I, I, like, I stuttered on it when I tried to read it there, and I did before when we were talking about this. It's difficult to read this name. But uh, we meet her, and she also has a dick, so she is a trans character who lives in this jail with them. She looks a lot like Clara, right? So they, they didn't uh, Hazel mistake her for Clara? So she, was, she was in the showers the one day, so I, I don't remember if... She had her back to her, so I don't know if maybe she just thought she was there from behind, I guess, is what happened. Right. I remember Hazel walks in there, and I don't remember exactly why it was. Yeah, I think she was looking for someone. But, yeah, it looks it does look pretty similar to Clara, though. <laughs> Female Mooney. 
they all look the same, right? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Over the line. <laughs> and Hazel ends up showing her wings to her teacher, which is a big yellow grasshopper. So the grasshopper tries to help her escape, and they eventually do once uh, Marco and Alana catch up to where they are and uh, give them a hand with that. So so this entire time, Marco and Alana have been on like a uh, bank robber type of side story where they're just breaking into all these like high command centers of the robot people. It's either of the robot people or of Alana's people. I can't remember. I think mm. it's the robot people's. But they're just stealing all this information to find, try and find what planet or where Hazel's being held. Yeah. And, and eventually they do learn where it is. And uh, Marco is starting to use magic again. And he just teleports in there into the jail somehow to try to save Clara and uh, Hazel. Hazel goes with him. Yeah, there's so. some kind of a magic thing. Is it is it because of the shield? It's a magic helmet? helmet that he. Ha- it's helmet. a magic helmet that he has, but this is like a really really old, outdated version of it. Okay. So it's only got enough to like carry two people. Right. So Clara ends up refusing to go. Oh yeah, yeah. We should mention this. So Clara, this whole time, she's kind of become like a uh, gang leader on the inside. Yeah. And she's she's got her bottom bitch now, which is that Isabel girl. They're kind of like together. So mm-hmm. the entire time, like back during issue two, when we first meet Bar and Clara and Bar dies and uh, Hazel keeps retelling the story about how her grandmother would fall in love again. And then we immediately meet Heist in the next issue. And I kept thinking she kept talking about Heist because the two of them were hitting it off together. Yeah. But they never really had a chance to like let anything blossom because he got killed too early. But I had no idea that this was the uh, relationship Hazel kept talking about earlier in earlier issues. Yeah, kind of. It's unexpected. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's what uh, that's what they're up to. But we have to go back to the will. So in this one, <laughs> the will is going through some stuff, and now he is very very fat, <laughs> and it's very awesome. He's, uh, I mean, he's been bedridden for like seven years at this point in time. Now he's just now like on the mend. But yeah, yeah, in the previous issue when he first wakes up, he completely looks the exact same, like he hasn't mm-hmm. gained any weight or aged at all, but the second he's like back and walking around, he is just ballooned to like the size of three versions of his previous self. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the, I love the fat, the will. It's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> I think, so I think he's getting fat on the, on the meat, the tainted heroin meat. So I think that's what, what the deal was. Even though he's aware of what it does to him now, he just keeps stuffing this stuff in his face every chance he gets because it, it keeps letting him see the stock, and now he's also seeing the brand as well in hallucinations, and he misses them. Yeah. Uh, also, he ended up with uh, Sweet Boy, the dog. Yeah, he, he took Sweet Boy and he let LC go with uh, Sophie, and they kind of had their falling out. I think that Sweet Boy looks a lot like the Duck Hunt dog that's going to appear in Super Smash Brothers. So, if Sweet Boy was in Super Smash Brothers, would you be happy about that? No, no, no. Sweet Sweet Boy's a straight up Saint Bernard. Isn't the other one? Like he, he's Beethoven. He, he's an all brown and black Beethoven, basically. Hold on, I think I think the Duck Hunt dog is too. I think it's a Saint Bernard. Probably a basset, a hound of some sort. Um, let me check. 
it's one of those dogs that like uh when you're skiing in the Alps and you get trapped in snow in cartoons they would always have those dogs bring you the uh, hot cocoa mm-hmm. from around the little barrel on its neck. Yeah. I wish Sweet Boy had like a flask or something like that. That'd be hilarious. A flask around his neck? Yeah, like St. Bernard's, you know, they always show him in cartoons like carrying the uh, jug of coffee or whatever, hot liquid, hot chocolate or whatever, oh. or the victims. I wish Sweet Boy just had something like uh, straight liquor for the will to drink out of. He should have that. Uh, I can't find what dog it is in Duck Hunt, but fuck it. I still want Sweet Boy in Smash Brothers. Fuck Smash Brothers. What, what did Sweet Boy have around his neck? Didn't he have something? I think it was just a collar. I don't. I seem to remember them taking something off of his collar, but maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, he does. He does. So he's got a little, uh, it's one of those little barrels, but it's got a giant skull on it. So I don't know what's in there. Maybe that's where he stashes those uh, darts he uses. Yeah, I was just going to say, probably. So that's, what. what is the Will trying to do? Oh, the journalist talked to him, right? No, he's he's trying to hunt down Marco. And Prince Robot. Oh. Or he's trying to hunt down Marco, but the journalists are on the same planet where that ice planet where it's all day, all the time. And he finds them there. And that's where he gets connected with them. Okay, gotcha. Then the Will wants to know where the Prince Robot's secret hiding place is. The journalists have to call their boss. And the boss no, it's is not doing... their boss. It's oh, not a boss. It? It's a friend of Doff's, the uh, green one, the photographer. It's okay. a friend of his who somehow became rich. Ah, oh, shit, I can't remember what it was that he was selling that he got rich off of. It might have been more of that heroin candy. I can't remember, though. But uh, he, he's basically like a kingpin now on, on whatever yeah. far-off planet. And he's got his own awesome pink lion cat. Yeah, I like that, that one. That also wears a crown and jewels. Yeah, that was a cool one. I like I like these line cuts, but uh, he he was also doing this cool orange coke. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would try that orange coke <laughs> immediately. Oh yeah. Anything else happen in this issue? That might be it. I think the will loses fingers somehow. Who cuts off his fingers? It's one of the two reporters. Okay. I think it's Upchurch because because Dolph immediately gets lanced by his lance, but he doesn't kill him with it. He keeps threatening to kill him. And that's when he takes him prisoner. And I think Upchurch is still 100% healthy. So I think he uh, cuts off his fingers. Or no, no, no. Fuck. It's Gus. Gus does that later. When they return. Oh, yeah. When he, when he threatens Squire. That's right. That's right. He was, uh, I forgot about Gus, man. Gus is cool. He's, he's uh, holding his own and uh, chopping people up. Okay, so I guess that's how they get away from him then. Who was it? It was just Squire and Gus on that planet, right? Yeah. I, there's no other people, I don't think. There's Frendo was there. Right. Oh, wait, no, no, because Frendo hasn't been... Yeah, Frendo's there. It's where Prince Robot is living. Yeah, because at this point, Prince, Prince Robot has returned and hasn't left again yet. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I think that brings us to our next one then, Volume 7. Yes. So the first note I have from Volume 7 is uh, Taint Eating Zombies. So Isabel made an illusion about zombies who want to eat taints, which I thought that was, that's an, that's an interesting take on zombies, I thought. Yeah. I'd watch it. So where are they now? They're on a, they're on a different planet. 
Is it the robot planet? So it's another moon, I think, is what it is. Okay. Oh, fuck, I can't remember the name. It starts with a C. It's, it's, or no, no, it's called Fang. Fang. It's called Fang. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. It's a yeah. comet, right? Yeah, it's a comet. That's what With it is. Okay. It. Yeah, that's what it is. And basically, it's just a giant war zone there. Isn't that uh, someone's hometown? Isn't it Sophie's hometown? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. Okay, nice. Because cause they do the little flashback of her being sold into sex slavery. They show that flashback of hers. Right, yeah. But anyway, they're there to fuel up. Yeah, they, they just barely... They barely so another uh, robot troop attacks, mm-hmm. and they barely have enough energy to get away from it. And the only place in the galaxy that they can maybe make it to is Fang. So they're there solely to fill up and leave again. Right. And it turns out they end up staying there for a while. Yeah, yeah. They, it said uh, six months they end up staying on this comet with uh, these ferret people who are very religious. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Petri doesn't trust them. She thinks they're, like, evil for some reason. Which, uh, I think that n- nothing ever really came of that, did it? No, no, like, she kept warning them that they yeah. were gonna, like, mess up their lives and ruin everything unless they got away from them as soon as they can. But, I mean, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. at all comes of that. I mean, they got, Is- uh, they didn't get Isabel killed, but she does die. But, I mean, that's, like, the one negative thing that kind of happened there. But that wasn't about the ferret people, though. That was from another freelancer, the, the March that was from Robot. Robot's the one who talked her into going there. Oh, right, yeah. The robot talked her into going there. She runs into the March, which is a two-headed freelancer with a, with a pet pig. Yeah, I like their little pig. The little pig's power is that it can see the uh, spirit people that Isabel is. Yeah, and these people can conveniently tie up spirit people, too? No, that was their, that was their special weapon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, they're very into this... Uh, Talking to spirit people, I thought. Um, but anyway, they stab Isabel with this sword, and that's it for her. So she's she's dead from that. I miss her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they had to kill that one off. I, I don't remember what it was, but Petri made some comment about calling her. Uh, I forget. Or no, no, it was robot. He, he calls her a uh, a flying queef or, or something like that. I forget what it is that he keeps referring to her as. It's some kind of queef. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a, some kind of queef. I do remember that. So, Isabel dies. Hazel makes friends with one of the ferret people. Purdy. And the March eventually catches up with the, the rest with their ship and starts threatening them. But Marco sneaks up on him and shoots him, like, shoots his ass up all over. So he's dead. Yeah, and then... Marco immediately like starts crying and pouting about having to be violent again. Yeah, I think he's got a he's got a man up about that. I think he, he should he should know by now, right? Seriously. Yeah, come on, don't be a pussy. Oh, and at this point in time, Elena is pregnant again. Right. So yeah. the issue before we didn't mention this at all. Yeah, I forgot when they're doing the all uh, bank robbing and stuff. They were trying to swear off sex until they got the family back together, but after they found the information about what prison it is where Hazel was. He finally started talking again, mm-hmm. and during that point in time, Marco was rocking an awesome-looking beard, oh, and yeah. apparently they got pregnant during that, and so this is them, like, Elena's now, like, six or seven months pregnant at this point in time now. I like that beard. I don't know why she made him shave that beard. Yeah, that, that was thing was one. awesome. Oh, yeah. It was working. Also, this is the one where Prince Robot jerks off, so we mentioned that before. 
Oh, yeah, this is the one where I sent you the dick pics of Robot 4. Yeah, yeah, so we finally saw this one. And I was thinking, probably the uh, robot dicks are vape pens. Do you get that, Jeff? Sure. Because <laughs> um, people say vape pens look like robot cocks. I mean, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. I vape, so I've heard this comment before. So maybe if any listeners vape, they'll feel for me about calling vape pens tweet, robot Tweet cocks. at us if you vape or not. <laughs> yeah. At, uh, Eric, what flavor you go with? Giraffes HBT pod. Do you go with robot cock yeah. flavor or <laughs> cherry? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so that's what everyone's doing. And they eventually find out that they're heading toward a time suck, which is a giant, I don't know what to say, the giant so, baby in space. So those are the giant babies. Like, we, we've experienced one before Yeah. in uh, issue two. Yeah, the egg. So the uh, side issue here of what's going on is Gwen, Sophie, and LC all hanging out together. And Gwendolyn, it's, uh, on behalf of the people of Wreath, they sell this giant nuclear bomb-type option object to the people of the moon, or of, I wish I knew what the other country or planet was called, the uh, winged people, the winged oh, people. Landfall. Landfall, fuck, yeah, that's right. So they, they sell a giant bomb to the people of Landfall, which they're going to use to blow up that comet thing. I don't remember why it is that they wanted to blow that one up so bad. But yeah, shady, shady dealings are going on here. Mm-hmm. So besides having to like escape the time suck, they also have to get out of there in time before it fucking blows up. Right. So yeah, they eventually do that. Like They eventually get off the planet. The ferret people decide to stay. Uh, so they take off. Before that, though, Okay. Hazel has her first little crush, and uh, she oh, pretty right. actually kissed the one time. Yeah, so she's kissing dudes as a, yeah, I don't know, too, too young, right? I think too young. Yeah, she's like seven or eight, maybe, <laughs> yeah, I don't they, know. Eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't draw pictures of seven or eight-year-olds kissing, I guess. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, they're not children, so they're alien, fictitious characters. <laughs> yeah, I guess They're not right. people. <laughs> Once, yeah. a, once a goddamn like ferret, otter ferret person, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, so yeah, anyway, they have a, they have a crush though. Um, so when they take off, they don't get to say goodbye because they just kind of just run away. Um, so they get in their ship. They finally get the fuel in there, and uh, as they take off, Alana falls down uh, and has a miscarriage. I think that's how it ends. The uh, ferret people stay behind. You know, they all die, of course, because they're going into this time suck, which just eats whatever comes near it, I guess. They all keep just sitting there praying to their god. Yeah. As they just die off. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh... The... I think that's a metaphor for something somehow. Yeah, I wonder what it could be a metaphor for. Hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a real thinker. But anyway, then this volume ends just a, it, with a uh, solid black page. So, and that's that's the end of that one. So so as they're as they're trying to get out of there in time, they've got a giant thing of uh, fuel. Uh-huh. Petri has to pick it up and throw it in the uh, furnace or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and she burns her hands severely. So she can't really use them in the next book. Oh fuck! Uh, and then also in this book, uh, Sweet Boy gets shot in the head from a mysterious person that uh, captures the will. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks too. But I do like that immediately in the next issue, 
the first time we see the will, this uh, asshole has turned Sweet Boy into like a bear-skinned rug type of deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, pretty fucked. But I mean, he was only teaming with Sweet Boy for however however many months that was, like six or seven months. Thank God they don't do anything that brutal to Lion Cat. I would lose my shit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried about Lion Cat in the future of this thing. Because, you know, if they can kill off Sweet Boy like that, ugh. Yeah, I think it'd be much worse if it was Lion Cat. Yeah, I'd probably cry. Yeah. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see as this book continues. But yeah, so then we get into Volume 8, where uh, the first thing we see is Alana riding a zebra gum zebra. Do you remember that zebra gum? Yeah, those things were pretty cool looking. Yeah, I like those ones. So it's a rainbow zebra. Yeah, it's like fluorescent rainbow zebras. Right. What, 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 do you know the, Do you know the gum that I'm talking about? Fruit stripe gum? Fruit stripes gum, yeah it's, yeah. it's called fruit stripes? Okay, I couldn't think of the name. I probably should have Googled zebra gum. I'm sure it's the first thing that'll show up, but I didn't do it's that. It said zebra gum, zebra. I had no idea if that was the actual name of it in the book. I didn't get that. That's what you were talking about at first. Oh, no, yeah, I was making a reference. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the fuck they're called in the book. Uh, but anyway, she Night rides... stripes, fruit stripe gum. Okay, so she rides the fruit stripe zebra to Abortion Town, which sounds lovely. <laughs> Pretty good name of a town. It, yeah, it's like an old Wild West part of the town, too. Yeah, I think most of my notes from this one just come from, like, the first issue. Because there's so much weird shit going on. They have shit monsters. that So they take a shit on this planet... And then something in the soil or so, or whatever reanimates their shit to look kind of like who took the shit. It, it looks like whoever shit. takes the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous when I'm saying it, but it, it happened. It happened. So somehow they know what they look like. Uh, and then Alana finds that she has human torch powers because of this... Uh, dead fetus inside of her which has magic powers so she's shooting fire at the shit and burning the shit monsters (laughs) there's also a part where uh i I think this is where petri and prince robot start banging right in this issue yeah yeah they make out with each other so is making out with a robot like licking a tv screen how do you think that works no (laughs) okay it's like right. making out with any other made-up alien creature in the story. <laughs> but he doesn't have a face or it. mouth. <laughs> yeah, alright. Uh, I'm going to keep coming back to this I mean, I, I assume I assume you're going to just aim for like the center of the screen. Like, the, I don't know. I, or maybe you can look any part of it and it would count the same. I don't know I, how it works. I tried it with my TV. It didn't really respond no matter yeah, where I yeah. did it, though. Shoot. Uh, yeah, very cute. You weren't doing it right. Yeah, I guess not. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't working for the TV. Nope. <laughs> so you know, the abortion town can't give Lana an abortion because she's too far along. So they have to go to the other side of the planet to meet this uh, wolf lady to get the dead fetus yeah, out. Back alley abortion. Yeah. Yeah, back alley abortions. And during that time, the dead fetus is projecting its future self. So that everyone can see it. Or, or what it would have been in the yeah, future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of thing. So they have a, a hallucination of a... Or not not a hallucination. It's, it's like an astral form projection of this kid. 
Yeah. Or they would have called Curdy after the uh, dead Potter ferret kid. Right. So, you know, we got that going on. So he's hanging out until the baby is eventually removed by this big wolf nurse. Yeah, and somehow using the uh, magic from the dead fetus is also killing Elena. Yeah, it's like costing her heart or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Robot reveals that he's known the entire time since meeting Petri that she's a uh, transgendered woman, but he really gives no shits about that, and the two of them kind of hit it off. Yeah. Going right at it right then and there. Yeah, so they're hanging out. They're oh, having a wait, good time. okay. So there's a uh, Outlands, like, family of, like, minotaurs. Oh, and yeah. they capture Petri, and they're like, hey, whose ship is this? Who else are you with? And she's not narking on anyone. She's keeping it all, saying it's just me. And uh, robot shows up and like shoots them and saves her. And at the end of that, she's she was being hung by the mother. She's yelling at robot for saving her life, saying, "I, I just wanted to die because I have no one left. Mm-hmm. I'll never love again." Because her her partner had died back on uh, one of the planets. And that's kind of when they hit it off. He's like, yeah, I've known this whole time. I don't give a shit. Let's do this. <laughs> nice. So then they bang. The other thing is, is this is mostly like them dealing with the uh, miscarriage and the robots and Petri sort of getting together. I think this one is uh, kind of the one of the slower volumes compared to others. So we're mostly just kind of dealing with personal problems and stuff like that. But then also the Will is talking to his captor again who is using VR to look at his memories to get back at the will because the will killed a family member of hers and the will doesn't remember at all. Yeah, this this it's a weird torture thing that she's doing to him where she's making him like rewatch and revisit like all his past loves. Yeah. All the ones that aren't dead yet, she's going to go and find them and kill them all, she's saying, torture him with. So this, this is also why I worry about lying cats a little bit. So I don't know if that kind of thing is going to come back for that one. But in one of his flashbacks, the Will's uncle, Steve, who's called The Letter, is a freelancer as well. He also has a pet. I'm glad you wrote down his name. I couldn't remember that for the life of me. No, yeah. Because I've just been noticing the pet theme. The stock is the only exception, which pisses me off. The stock should have had a pet, and then we can say, oh yeah, they all have a pet. Uh, no, but he has a pet pets, chameleon. They're sidekicks. Yeah, they're yeah, side they're, they're registered sidekicks. But they have to probably feed them and, you know, take care of them, give the sweet boy a bath and shit. But anyway, he has a pet chameleon. But I want to talk more about his weapon, which appears to just be an axe, and he just chops yeah. up the Will's dad with it. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know if it had any he, special. He was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Like, he just doesn't take a magic weapon, he just uses an axe from his garage. <laughs> he he reminded me, he kind of looks like uh, Mr. Pink from, like, Reservoir Dogs. Like, when he's torturing the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's just wearing, like, a, a nice, like, suit and sunglasses. Or, no, no, he's not wearing sunglasses, but he's, he's wearing a nice suit. He looks like a regular dude with a goatee. And he just picks up this axe, he's like, hey, I'm here to take the kids back to their mother. Don't stand in my way, or this is gonna get bad for you. Yeah, And the dad, it turns out, it's implied that he's like a drunk, probably molesting Sophie, who is the brand later on. Yeah, it was implied. Yeah, heavily implied. Because he keeps like hitting her and smacking her and stuff and touching her in front of everyone, not giving a shit. 
and he just like hauls off and just axes the shit out of him and murders him right there on the spot. So that that raises a question. I I really want to meet at some point in time in a flashback of the Wills, his mother, because when it was shown when the Will was first thought of as dead, the number one contact on his list for his agent, if he's dead, is to call his mom. Mm-hmm. She is ranked higher than his sister and his uncle. So I want to know if she's the one that taught them to be the uh, freelancers or if it was like mostly from the uncle. I, I assume she was like the most badass one of the entire family. They said she was an alcoholic, right? Isn't that no, what they I think, said? I think he was, and that's why. Oh. Or, or does the dad call her one? I, I can't I think remember. The, I, th- I think the dad calls her an alcoholic, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. find out. So, yeah, I did like that little glimpse into the Will's past. I also like later on when she's uh, going through other memories of his. This one is uh, like one of the first missions that he works with the stock. And he's got this full head of hair that just looks so stupid and ridiculous on oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bald is a better look for him, I think. So that's the end of Volume 8. Did you have anything else about Volume 8? So, Sophie, actual Sophie, yeah, wants to become like uh, a registered like sidekick, an official one. Right. Wait, no, no, that's not the end, because like, so that, that must have been the end of 7 then. Number that's... 8 is the one where the Will loses his freelancing agency card, and everything like stops working for him. Oh. Um, I thought that was before that. Oh, wait, yeah, that had to be before that, because, yeah, he's already captured now. Yeah, that was but, before. Oh, man, okay. So the Will's not a freelancer anymore, so you got fired. Yeah, he got revoked from his freelancing yeah. gig, and that makes his lance stop working, which he has no idea is the deal. So he's in this random bar fight on Sextillion, and uh, he's trying to stab this guy with it, and it's not doing anything for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed that part. And that's when Fat Will also had the beard going on. Oh, yeah. I like that fat bearded Will. Yeah, that's that's the best Will. Bill yeah, Will. for sure. Yeah. Now he's now he's just called Bill. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you lose your you lose your little cool nickname. Right. I think I don't have anything else on those ones. But you said you read the first issue of Volume Nine, right? Yeah, I, I read number forty nine, issue forty nine, so the very first okay chapter of the next collection. So the Will is uh, losing weight due to his captivity. So he's becoming the thin the will, but yeah. I don't I don't get what, what this. Back to the old the will. Yeah, but I think this person, like the person who captured him, uh, her plan is. I don't know why she wants him to get more physically fit. You know, I think you you're just uh, playing with fire at that point. Like the more the more in shape he is, the better the chance he'll have to murder you. He flat out tells her that too. Yeah, it's like the longer you don't kill me, the more it's gonna hurt when I turn on you and just destroy you. I think what she should have <laughs> did is, uh, she should have did like a seven situation where she makes him like eat himself to death. You know, just keep force feeding him so he gets so fat that uh, it eventually he like explodes or something. He sh- she should have went that way instead of making him run around and do a thousand push-ups and shit she tells him do a thousand push-ups this is the one this is the one thing we didn't mention but probably should have at the end of that last volume so when she's going through his old memories she comes across when he first gets hired by the uh the the moon people to hunt down marco and alana and hazel and kill them and so she knows now that the will knows where the uh fabled half-breed child is so that's why she's keeping him alive 
try to track down Hazel. That's right. She wants to make a little money from Hazel. I love that as she's like parading him around on the one planet where they first open out up at, he's just walking around naked in a, uh, he's got a little like collar on that's a shock collar and some shock uh, uh, gauntlet bracelets on. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's just completely naked, dick flapping all over the place. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I like that his punishment is she makes him do 100 push-ups anytime he uh, pisses her off and she has to shock him. Right. Which which is obviously like the worst idea yeah. ever, because clearly you're getting him so in shape to just murder you when he decides to. Yeah, I thought that was a really fucking shitty idea, like just make him do a bunch of exercise. That is, that's not what you want. You want to be like, <laughs> I'm going to make these practice cakes. shooting a gun, too. Yeah. Now shoot the target, get a bullseye uh, the, a thousand <laughs> times in a row. Yeah, you're going to get fucking good at it. I mean, she, this this woman's an idiot. All right. But anyway, I guess that's all I'll say about, well, one more thing about season, or uh, not season, volume nine. Season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> Alana squirts in Marco's face, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I won't say anything else about it then. I'll let you read it. So uh, volume nine gets uh, pretty crazy. Toward the end there, there's a lot of, a lot happens in this one, so definitely check it out. Keep reading if you haven't yet, but I won't tell you what happens. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, definitely read it. It's, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, I think you'll be interested in what happens. I've, I've been, I'm clearly going to read it. I'm the one who has been pushing to do these, like, every single episode. Yeah, we're finally caught up on Saga, so we can, uh, focus on other things, I guess, now, so. Where we got, we did Other it. less great stories. Yeah, it'll be less great for sure. Uh, I really like this book. I, I got, I got really into it, and I even read ahead. So, but I, I, had a, I also had a lot of free time at work too. So I guess that's why I kept going with it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I recommend this entire series. I think uh, everyone should read it. And now I'm disappointed that I have to wait, you know, long periods of time to find out what happens next since I'm caught up. I, I mean, it's a, it's a multi issue. A monthly release, I think. So, I mean, you don't have to wait that long. It's one issue is not enough. I think. I think I'd rather, you know, keep going. But yeah, I guess I can try to keep up with it. How about you? Any other final thoughts on Saga? I mean, I've recently started uh, looking online at various Saga tattoo ideas. Oh so yeah. I'm definitely going with that. My next one, some kind of lion cat heel. Nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty hooked on it as well. I guess. Yeah, that lion cat is really cool. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I love the lion cats. Yeah, it's a, it's really, really well drawn. Definitely a t-shirt character, you know, which you have one, so you do know. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, definitely read it if you guys haven't. I would imagine probably if you listen to this podcast, you either read it or you're not going to read it. So, because we just said everything that happened, but it's still good. So I would check it out either way. Yeah, we didn't show you the awesome pictures. You didn't get to see Prince Robot Robot Four's dick. Yeah, through our description, because we didn't do it any kind of justice. It is magical. It's huge. It's like a sex doll's dick. It's like a giant vape. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a giant mod. Whatever the yeah. That's what we call. Bro. That's what we call our vapes. Oh, I know what we call our vapes. Trust me. Good, good. It's they're called mods. Okay. <laughs> So, that's Saga, then. Are you ready to move on? I got one more thing I want to talk about, if, uh, if you're done with All Saga. Right, yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. So, last week I was talking about Jamie Justa from Hatebreed. So, I was saying that Jamie Justa talked like this. 
This is Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. And I want you to listen to this one. This is episode 330, everybody. Zach Wild is my guest. So that's how he introduces himself. I think I wasn't far off. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. And my guest is, <laughs> I just like the transition there. He immediately goes from that, like, shouting metal voice to just like, and my guest today is Zach Wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I found this Jamie Josta podcast, and it's really funny. He has six minutes of ads before he starts the show. Six fucking minutes of ads, dude. I think the Jericho one is like that, too. Like, podcasts that actually have people willing to sponsor them. Yeah, you cut out like a solid 10-minute block at the beginning, get all your ads in. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's don't, that's... don't act don't act like if we had any offer whatsoever, we would spend 28 minutes sh- shouting the praises of whatever this one small time oh, thing was. I'm not saying I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I'm, I am going to make fun of him for doing that because I want to. I want you to listen to this one. This one's pretty good. Uh, so here's part of his ad read for Monster Energy Drink. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. I'm currently enjoying a little uh, low carb. No sugar, just the white one. It's the best. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Monster Music and at Monster Energy. No carb, no sugar. The white one. I can't even read the name on the label. Yeah, pentuplement, like pentagram. Badass. <laughs> right, guys? Yeah, it's totally badass. badass. Brutal. Pentuplement gum. Uh, so, yeah, this, this fucking guy, he's just like, I like the low carb thing. <laughs> It's the best. I love, I, love, I love that he refuses to just turn the can around so he can read the fucking uh, title of the flavor. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's the white one. It's a, <laughs> it's got, uh, it's only, it's only got 50 calories in a can. So that's pretty good. It's only, pretty, only, only two, two grams of sugar. It's fucking metal. Pretty brutal. Fucking badass and brutal. I just want to say, I think you're a real sellout, and I ain't buying no more of your records. Take this shit, <laughs> yes, you. Pentuplement gum's <laughs> You should know that. It reminded me of that Pentuplement gum episode from Metalocalypse. So I pulled some clips. Yeah, the greatest episode <laughs> in history. I pulled the song. Do you want to hear the song? You know I want to hear that. I love it. I figured song. you would. I figured if I didn't pull it, you'd ask me, do I have the Pentuplement song? So I got it. <laughs> All right, let's listen to it. Seriously, Chewy. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so metal. Yeah. Fucking badass. They keep talking about how brutal, like they're they're having the hors d'oeuvres and they're like, oh, this fucking metal, like this uh like cheese and wine and shit. <laughs> so that's that's you, Jamie Justa. You heard it here first. Best episode ever. Yeah, that was. Uh, I probably will start subscribing to the Jamie Justa podcast. I thought it was kind of funny just hearing him and his... He has, he has, he has such a boring voice, you know, like when he's just talking. It, it, it's so strange to me. He's just like, okay, hey guys, we're here with uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's a real contrast from that intro there. That Jamie Justa. <laughs> well, I mean, 
people know him as the singer of Hatebreed, so he's got to like come in with that same sort of fire and passion from like a Hatebreed song. Yeah. And then, you know, once you get past the intro, who gives a shit? You can keep it low key after that. Yeah, that's true. Same way, same way we do ours. <laughs> Is that how we do ours? Don't we? We should do that. Welcome to Baby Drafts, where we talk about comics. Hey Dave, how are, how are you? How, how you doing? Just yeah, like that, we can do that. All right, yeah, I like Next this. Right, okay, it. fuck yeah, let's do a, let's do a. Well, we have to switch to a metal intro. Oh man, maybe we should find a metal song too. Let's steal Hatebreed's intro. They have a whole metal. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say we'll just steal some Hatebreed shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, born to breed. <laughs> Hatebreed. In ashes they shall reap. <laughs> I was amused by that podcast. I am gonna listen more. I'll, I'll I'll pull things I want to make fun of. I'm gonna to try to start a podcast feud. We we need that Jamie Just to bomb. We do. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you get, you piss him off enough that he starts mentioning us. Even though comics and Jamie Justa have nothing to go do with each other. Hand. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Go oh, hand shit. in hand. Is there a hate breed comic? If there is, oh my I'm gonna change my pick. If there to is. That. We would have read that one. Yeah. There needs to be. There does need to be. Speaking of comics, what do you want to read next week? So I'm going to go with Rack Queens, Volume 1, Sass and Sorcery. I'm going to finally get you to check that one out. Uh, did you talk about Rack Queens before on this? I have. I, I think it was on the actual like regular episode, though. Oh, okay. So we never did a show It's been a while since they've had anything new come out or that I've read it even. It'll okay. be a nice little refresher for me. Okay. And I've never read it, so I think that'll be good. So me, I think The uh, Walking Dead is coming out next week or something like that. So Do you still watch the show? I, I do still watch it, but I, I, at this point it's more like I'm half-watching it. And, uh, I'm just curious about where they're going to go. So to get an idea about where they're going to go in this show, I want to read some of the latest collected volumes of The Walking Dead. So yeah, we're going to read book 14 of The Walking Dead. Book 14 is issues 157 to 168. So it's like 12 issues, but I think, yeah, we'll do fine, I think. Yeah, because these ones, these ones aren't huge on like uh, dialogue. There's lots of like pictures throughout these. True, yeah. So, yeah, we should, we'll, we'll be fine, I think. Um, so we'll read that one. Uh, I know you don't watch The Walking Dead anymore, right? No, I haven't for a while. When did you, when did you stop? Uh, I made sure to watch when Lucille debuted to make sure that they killed Gwen correctly yeah. during that time. Right, yeah. I re- did watch that episode specifically, but I'd stopped a while before that. Oh, man. Yeah, we used to watch that and talk about it all the time. And it kind of just fell yeah. off. Uh, I, I mean, that's the, I think that was around the time I started like reading the books a bit more heavily and seriously, and they just deviated from it so much. It kind of kind of boring. Plus, they refused to kill off like these made-up non-book characters, like Daryl, Moondock Saints. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah, they. I really think they should kill off Daryl. I think he's the. I hate Daryl episodes. They're boring as fuck. But yeah, I still watch it. I. I, I want to know how this how this uh, series is going to end, and I feel like there's not that much more. But I, I don't know. I guess we'll I see. They said something about AMC like upped it for ten more years or something. Oh fuck! Really? They have the potential. They have the potential to still. <laughs> Like a decade more or something stupid. Okay. Um, I heard they're going to kill off Rick. So 
That I think we talked about that, didn't we? I think I might have just sent you guys that link, but yeah, Andrew Lincoln okay. is leaving after like episode four or six of this season. Yeah, he's yeah. quickly gonna die, and then Maggie's leaving like uh, halfway through the season as well. Oh man, your girl Lauren Cohan. No, damn. Shout out Lauren Cohan. Mm. Walker shit. Yeah, let me tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> let me learn you. Yeah, learn you about these walkers. I guess. Joke, a joke for just us again, right? <laughs> no, no, those those diehard fans. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. Our, our Jamie, our Jamie Josta intro. That's where it's coming from. Good old Deez to the God shit. Fuck yeah. So uh, I I watch Fear the Walking Dead. I like that one a lot better these days. Actually, I oh think really? Yeah, the, the first couple, the first season. I think I wasn't too too into it, but I think that it's picked up. So I do enjoy that show, I think, more than the actual Walking Dead now. Jesse McCartney was briefly a character on it, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was. <laughs> Jesse McCartney was? I thought he was on that. Don't, yeah, don't act like you don't know who that is. I don't know what he looks like. We've, we've seen him in concert. You know what he looks like. Oh, really? Like. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot what he looks like then. Oh, shit. I remember he collaborated with uh, Dee Stu the God. Isn't, is that true? That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Good buddies. Taken down from SoundCloud for something about copyrights, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh no, no, I thought I thought that one was a uh, Raka Rockefeller. I oh. think it was both. It was both. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I know, right? Damn, it's copyright shit. So, all right, next week again, Rat Queens Volume One, Walking Dead Volume. Uh, well, sorry, what do they call that Book collection? 14. Book fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can't, gotcha. you can't say volume because volume yeah, fourteen is a completely different collection of stories. Right, so book 14. We'll read that one. Thank you, Daniel Burbank. Find him on soundcloud.com slash Daniel Burbank. Uh, follow me at Deez to the God on Twitter and the internet. Follow the podcast at Giraffes HBT Pod. Facebook and Twitter there. And follow me at D. Lewandowski. Then we'll see you guys next Friday. Yes, we'll see you. Goodbye. Goodbye.